Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Morning, folks. Let's read from Zechariah 12. Um, we're going to go uh, from Zechariah 12:10 all the way into chapter 13, verses 1. So if you do have your Bible, read along with me. So Zechariah 12, verses 10 to chapter 13, verses 1. It says this, Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. The sorrow and mourning in Jerusalem on that day will be like the great mourning for Hadad Rimon in the valley of Megiddo. All Israel will mourn, each clan by itself, with the husbands separate from their wives. The clan of David will mourn alone, as will the clan of Nathan, the clan of Levi and the clan of Shimei. Each of the surviving clans from Judah will mourn separately and with the husbands separate from their wives. On that day, a fountain will be opened for the dynasty of David for the people of Jerusalem, a fountain to cleanse them from all their sins and impurity. It's quite an amazing uh, passage here. We, we've called this devotional series The Gospel According to Zechariah. And the reason why we called it that was because we feel as though there's some uh, truths that God chooses not to reveal until you get to the New Testament. But there are some books, some passages, some chapters in the Old where they are almost bursting, too bursting with excitement to contain themselves, that they want to just let something out too soon. And I feel like Zechariah does that in many places, but this place, my goodness, listen to what it says again. I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of uh, David and the people of Jerusalem, and they will look on me, whom they have pierced, and mourn for him as for an only son. Now, the people of Israel may well have heard this as God's piercing, as their wronging of him, their breaking of his law, their spurning what he's commanded them to do as they return from exile. But imagine how this would be for John, for instance, when he stands at the foot of the cross. John, who has such a, a, an understanding of who Jesus truly is and sees him there pierced through his hands, feet and side. There's a reason why John quotes this verse and says, this is fulfilled here. God has been pierced by us. And Zechariah says that. It, it notice that, that the Lord is the one speaking and the Lord is the one who says, they will look on me whom they have pierced and mourn for him as for an only son. It's an interesting way that the pronouns change, how it goes from me, they will look on me, and mourn for him. Now, obviously, as Trinitarian um, Christians, this is absolutely no worry at all, or, or no confusion at all. This is God giving a prophecy of God the Son being on the cross, pierced by his people. But what's most striking as, as we look to the cross, as we see Jesus there, is that we find in the first verse of this passage, in verse 10, God says that he pours out his spirit of grace and prayer so that we can look on him with repentance. So we can look on him 
and be cut to the heart for our own sake, just as the, the crowd in Acts 2 when Peter preached says they're cut to the heart and asked, what must we do to be saved? Because God has poured out his spirit of grace and prayer on us, we can look to him who we have pierced and ask for forgiveness, ask for repentance, ask for the spirit to come inside of us, to, to indwell within us. And it does cause a sorrow and a mourning, as what Zechariah talks about. It causes people to mourn for his death. But the mourning is, is for restoration, is for us to restore us back to God. And obviously, I, I, I assume I'm, I'm not saying anything particularly controversial if I would say that it is right that we mourn that it took Jesus dying on a cross to bring us back to God. We mourn that our sins put Jesus there. I had a phrase once which I have always found particularly challenging. Before we see the cross as something done for us, which leads us to worship, first we must see the cross as something done by us, leading us to repentance. I find that particularly challenging. And this is what Zechariah is prophesying here. The Lord has poured out his spirit so that we can look to the cross and mourn. It says that the morning will be like the great morning for Hadad Rimon. This is referencing when Josiah dies in Chronicles and they take him down there. And this mourning happens yearly. Josiah was such a great king that they mourn for him every year. Our great king died. And all Israel will mourn, each clan by itself. Everyone goes off by themselves to mourn, which is uh, an odd concept to us uh, modern people. I was really quite perplexed by this when I first read it how do uh, what's the significance of people going off by themselves to mourn well the significance is this people would mourn in groups to kind of put a bit of a show on in the ancient world I've referenced this before in a, in a sermon a few weeks ago where the the woman's lost her son and there's a whole crowd there and they would as I say have a, have a group of mourners but now we know this mourning is genuine because everyone's going off by themselves to mourn because it's, it's, it's from the heart, it's real. And so they don't want to be with people, they want to be by themselves. God is transforming his people, he's changing them. Oh, hello. God is transforming his people and changing them and he's sending them off to mourn by themselves. Uh, it's not just, uh, oh, you know, you go do your thing, you go do your thing. It shows that it's from the heart. And then finally, we come into this brilliant verse. And on that day, a fountain will be opened for the dynasty of David and the people of Jerusalem, a fountain to cleanse them from all their sins and impurity. That's what Jesus' death on the cross opens up for us. That's what uh, the one who we have pierced, as we mourn for him, that's what God opens up, a fountain that we can be cleansed in from all our sins. There's a wonderful old hymn, I hope you know it, called There is a fountain filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Such a fantastic truth that we can say that we have uh, plunged ourselves in the fountain of Christ's blood and come up clean and pure without a spot or blemish, just as Christ is without spot or blemish. So... Let us continue to look to the cross. Let's continue to look to the one whom we've pierced and continue to ask God to pour out that spirit of grace and prayer as we seek to be more like him. Shall we? Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus' death on the cross. Lord, we thank you that he went willingly, but Lord, we repent and apologize that we sent him there. Lord, we thank you that you've poured out your spirit of grace on us. Lord, we pray that you would restore us back to yourself. Remind us to constantly be jumping in that fountain, to be constantly washing away our sins in the blood of Jesus as we continue to sin in our daily lives. May us also be daily swimming in the fountain of Christ's blood. Amen. Thank you for joining me this morning and I'll see you later. Bye.